0: the Holy Gospel, according to St. John, the third chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And yet you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Now I gave some of you homework last week, but I think we all can participate in this question. And the question was, you were to find out who are your godparents. Who are your godparents? Do you know? Yeah. Um God and Jesus. Those are good options. But I was thinking of the people who stood with you and your mom and dad when you were baptized. Uh, I don't know. Don't know? Do you know? Uh, my brother, Gabe and Eve. Gabe and Eve? Alright. Anybody else? Yeah? I've got something for you to do. I've got something for you to do. We have an opportunity to talk with our godparents. Now, some of you know who they are, some of you don't. You can ask your parents or your friends or anybody else. Figure out who your godparents are, and I have questions that I want each of you to. To either write or draw answers to when you ask them these questions. So you're going to find your godparents and you're going to ask them, what was my baptism day like? What was that day like? You're going to ask them, who is God and how did you get to know God when you were my age? And you're going to ask them, how do you get to know God now? Now, I wrote them all down so you don't have to remember them. But you can write or draw your answers. But I want you to interview your godparents. Does anybody know why I want you to interview your godparents? Yes. Uh, so you can, so you can, so you can um, come back next week and you can find out? Mm, close because they want to teach you about God? Yeah, they've got things to show you and to teach you and to share with you. And all God parents are different, just like all me and you are different. But they all have something they can show you. So I want you to interview them, learn a little bit more from them, and when you come back, we will indeed talk about it. Now, if you don't know who your godparents are, if you didn't have any godparents, or if your godparents are no longer with us. As a substitute, you can interview your grandparents or your parents or one of your siblings. Sounds good? Okay. I'm going to pass these out after we pray. Alright? Let us pray. God, we give you thanks today. We are thankful for the people who teach us about you and for the people who share with us what faith is. We give you thanks for each one of our godparents. And we ask that as we ask them questions this week, you would help them to have good memories and great stories, that we might have fun, and that when we come back, we would have lots to share. Thank you for being a God that creates faith in us in so many different ways. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Here's your homework. Okay. After you have a paper, you can get a snack. Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, nice. That'll be okay. Maybe it's just my friend. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, Amen. I need five adult volunteers. Five adult volunteers. One, two, three, four, five. There you go. Those five, please come forward. Yeah. Don't laugh at them because anybody who's laughing, I'm going to get next time. All right. No, it's okay. You have the least amount of work to do. All right. Da, 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 da. I would like for you to take this poster and stand underneath that yellow banner in front of the doors. I would like for you to take this poster and stand in our baptistry in front of that window right there. I would like for you to take this poster and stand in front of that window. I would like for you to take this poster and stand in front of that window. I would like for you to take this poster and stand in front of that window. On this Holy Trinity Sunday, and as we begin to feel the warmth of summer upon us, I want to make an announcement. For this summer, we're going to do an experiment. We're going to study the Old Testament each Sunday. Kind of like we study the gospel. There's a ton of great stories in the Old Testament. Sometimes I feel like we read them and we gloss over them, but we don't ever digest them together as a worshiping community. So we're going to take the opportunity to do a little experiment over the summer, hear the Old Testament over and over and over again. And as we begin, I think it's real important to do a couple of things. One is to realize that these are stories that were cared for, that were kept, that were stewarded over and over and over, and have arrived at our doorstep thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, full of faith and full of witness to who God is. Two, on this Holy Trinity Sunday, I believe it's good to recognize that while we talk about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I imagine a lot of the stories where we see God the Father throughout highlighted, we might not know. And so I want to take some time to look at a timeline, to tell the whole of the Old Testament quickly so that we might know where some of the stories we're going to be studying fall. Here's our timeline. You can see we have some pictures on our wall of the Old Testament and some of them are familiar. And we begin in creation. You're so instinctive, Tanya. We begin with creation. Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, those familiar stories of creation. And soon as the world seems to fall apart and turn to evil, we have Noah and the ark and the flood. The rains came down and the floods came up and then they dried. And after Noah and the ark and the flood, we have times of promise where God began with Abraham and Sarah, this incredible covenant, to make their numbers more numerous than grains of sand on the earth. And in them we see Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Rachel. Jacob has an interesting story that's really important to the rest of this timeline. He wrestled with an angel one night and wouldn't let him go eventually, the next morning, Jacob demanded satisfaction and in that, his name was changed from Jacob to Israel, which is where we get the name Israel to this day. Israel had 12 sons, 12 tribes of Israel, and one of those sons was Joseph. He had, as the musical tells us, a technicolor dream coat. Now, that's not really in Scripture. It was just a colorful coat, but it helps you remember. Joseph was not liked by the rest of his brothers, sold into slavery, some horrible and fantastic adventures, and later he finds himself in Egypt, second in command only to Pharaoh. There's a drought. The the eleven brothers come seeking him out, and they they want relief. And in a way that they weren't afforded first, Joseph, after a little bit of hijinks, awards them relief, brings the whole family to Egypt and they live in a land called Goshen, right outside Egypt. That's actually why that they're there in the first place. And were eventually taken into slaves in Egypt as Hebrews. Eventually we have the exodus, the plagues and the escaping from Pharaoh and all that's in there. We have the Red Sea and finally we see Moses on our wall again with the Ten Commandments. Now, he looks angry with them raised above his head, so I imagine these are first edition commandments. You see, there's two opportunities, right? He comes down the mountain, he sees that they've made a bronze calf, and he just throws them down. Then he goes up the mountain again, God rewrites them, and he comes back down again. The first time that we could have used a photocopier, right? (laughs) But after this moment on Mount Sinai, we have a whole lot more detail. They try to enter the promised land, the land that God had for them. And they were scared. And so God says, you know what? We're going to wander in the desert for 40 years and just see how (laughs) scared you feel after that. They try to enter the second time and then they have all this conquest. That's where we get stories like Joshua and the battle of Jericho. That's where we get Rahab. After that, after they've settled through the land, there's a time when they don't have kings. But someone needs to make decisions. And so they call these people judges. Judges were people like Deborah, like Samson. Inside of there, we also have stories that are familiar, like Gideon and the story of Ruth. Eventually, they call out for a king. And we have the first two kings of Israel right there on our next picture on the wall. There's sad Saul slumped in his chair, And there's David playing his famous harp. Saul was erratic, to say the least, and had quite the mood swings. And so when he was in these mood swings, David was called to play the harp for him. That's why there's so many psalms that are attributed to David. He was a songwriter and a musician as well as a king. Saul and David and Solomon eventually all find their reigns come to an end. But during Solomon's reign, the first temple is built. Up to this point, there was no temple for worship. And this is in 950 B.C. B.C. The kings of Israel begin to form, but then the kingdom divides. Israel struggles with one another. And the kingdom divides into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. Into Israel and Judah. Judah. Judah is eventually where we get the term, the Jews. Samuel is a prophet, so is Elijah and Elisha at this time. And then some of those minor prophets exist here too, like Amos, Hosea, and Micah. The text that we have for today is that picture right there. That is Isaiah 6. It's even written on the column, so you don't mistake it. Isaiah 6, right there, there is Isaiah 6. Not really clothed with his Sunday best, is he? But there he stands in the temple feeling both unable to do the work in front of him and the seraph and God, God's own self, drawing coals from the fire to say, no, indeed, I have made you good enough. I have made you worthy of this message and I will send you. The kings of Israel and the kings of Judah are written out in full throughout their history. Some of this is during the time of Isaiah, but then some of this is also during the time of Ezekiel and Jeremiah. Eventually, these kingdoms are taken over. Israel falls to Assyria much earlier than Judah falls to Babylon, but eventually they are both taken over and they're put into exile for 49 years. King Cyrus of Persia eventually declares that they are allowed to go back. They return. They build the second temple in 520. But it's never the same. If you'd flip that poster around, the rest of the minor prophets are found in this time period. So is Ezra and Nehemiah, as well as the story of Esther. There are hundreds of years hundreds of years between this and the moment of Christ here at the beginning. But in our Old Testament texts, in the stories that have been stewarded and handed to us, we have mountains of witness. Isaiah stands in a time that might seem familiar because the kingdom is divided into north and south. The people are a hard-hearted people and he doesn't even see inside of himself what message he could possibly bring. He doesn't even see inside of himself why he would be worthy to proclaim the good news of God in Christ Jesus. He can't see it inside himself how God is acting. If you too, if you too find yourself in a nation divided, if you too find yourself unable to find what story you should share, if you too find yourself looking at the call of the gospel each week and like Isaiah saying, I am unworthy, I am unfit, I am unable, then I invite you too to take and receive from the altar bread that has been consecrated, to have it touch your lips and to know that you, you, are an important part of this story. That you are the caretakers of this faith. That you are the ones who will steward all of this and give it to the next generation and the next and the next. Welcome to your history. And in this, may God touch your lips, make you clean, and send you out with messages messages of good news. Thanks be to God for this faithful witness. Amen. Please bring the posters back.